Welcome back everyone for part two of our series on overcoming shame. We have been talking about shame resilience. If you have not listened to the very first podcast on this series, you need to go check that out. We talked about recognizing shame, understanding our triggers and practicing critical awareness. So I'm not going to bore you with recapping any of that <laughs> right now, because that is not the goal. We want to cover the other two elements of shame resilience as identified by researcher Brene Brown, and that is reaching out and telling our story. That's number three. And number four is speaking shame. And so I'm excited because I got Dr. Tracy back in the house with us today to just blow our minds. No pressure, no pressure. (laughs) Let the Lord use you. Let the Lord use you, girl. (laughs) But it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So just to kick us off today, You know, we want to talk about reaching out and telling our story. And so, you know, this is a strategy of connection when it comes to shame resilience. And so I want to read a little piece on page 127 of her book and then just have some conversation with you, Tracy. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. Absolutely. So Brene goes to say in her book, regardless of who we are, how we were raised or what we believe, all of us fight hidden, silent battles against not being good enough, Mm -hmm. not having enough and not belonging enough. But when we find the courage to share our experiences and the compassion to hear others tell their stories, we force shame out of hiding and we end the silence. So Dr. Tracy, Mm -hmm. we are talking about reaching out and telling our story. And I believe this reaching out concept is twofold, Yes, right? That it can have two meanings. And so we talked a little bit before (laughs) y'all, you weren't there, (laughs) but we talked about really what that means from two different perspectives. And so I just want you to elaborate that on a little bit about us reaching out when mm-hmm. we are in shame and then reaching out to others when we recognize when they're in shame. So just want to hear your thoughts on that. Okay. Well, I think Renee uses the terms insulating and separating, yes. correct? And we <laughs> spent time beforehand going, what's the difference between the two? <laughs> um, and trying to tease them apart. And I think as we talked about it and discussed it and I kind of put my spin on it and um, she put her spin on it, we kind of came up to kind of this place of um, when we're reaching out to people, if we get to this point where I know I'm feeling shame, but um, I've got this us versus them kind of mindset, yeah. right? Like, like maybe it's, oh, I can't, you know, talk to the kids in the rich neighborhood or, you know, I can't talk to my coworker who um, doesn't, you know, make as much money. They're not going to understand. Yeah. And we kind of put these walls up and these separations up thinking of where people are or their statuses or their titles and forgetting that they're just people Yeah. and everybody has struggles. And, you know, and sometimes I do and say things that are hurtful to people without even realizing it because I'm operating from a place where this is what I know. Yeah. And I may be speaking in ignorance and, you know, same goes for other people. Um, I was, you know, using the example, I don't know if you guys have had this experience where, you and your girlfriend are in a car and you're just singing along and you're having a good time and you're just singing that song. And then suddenly it's just you and your girlfriend's looking at you and she's like, those are not the words of the song. Oh, yeah, they are. They are totally words. I've been singing this song for years and now Mm-mm. And she pulls up Google and sure enough, you've been singing some words that are not the words. And it's that place of like, <laughs> oh my. Yeah. And you just know that what you know is the truth. And then it's suddenly not. Yeah. Right. And that that place is like, oh, wait, okay, this could be happening in other ways. I could be thinking, I just know, I just know, I just know. And that's not true. And I think when we see that 
these ideas and these expectations that we have and these beliefs that we have and we're expecting them from other people mm-hmm. um, that we are just as capable of making others feel uncomfortable yeah. as they are for us. Mm-hmm. I think it makes it easier. It levels the playing field. Yeah. Right. And we can all just be real with each other. It's Absolutely. not about money. It's not right. about skin tone. It's not about hair texture. It's not about any of that stuff. It's just for people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a hard place to get to make it. Like it's so easy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I not. tell you, you know, when, when we talk about this whole idea of reaching out, right. Reaching out can be, me reaching out to you and helping you, right? In the book, she talks about, we don't reach out to others. When we don't reach out to others, we allow them to sit alone in their shame. Mm-hmm. And that feeds the shame and that secrecy and silence that shame actually craves. And so mm-hmm. she talked about, like, you know, we don't reach out to fix or save people because then you're looking at some innate, maybe codependency kind of right. stuff, right? Yeah, we're not trying to you do that. You need me to fix mm-hmm. you to save you. I think but it's probably more about validating, right? Val- absolutely. Validating, validating their experience. Their experience and sharing the whole idea. I wrote down, you know, that it's really mm-hmm. reaching out is really saying you're not alone mm-hmm. and me too. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's that empathy. And it's really a strategy of connection because connection is what promotes shame resilience. Right. Mm -hmm. I put it in my own words. and Maybe you (laughs) will agree. You know, this is reaching out and telling her stories really just as I was reflecting on that. I was like, okay, this is talking about my ability to recognize when others are in shame. Yes. And encouraging them to share their shame stories Mm -hmm. by being vulnerable so that they mm-hmm. can receive the empathy and the support that they need to feel connected yes. and not alone. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that reaching out is the ability to sit in shame with others, mm-hmm. hear their stories, and that really requires us to have courage and compassion, right? Mm-hmm. Because I can see if you're in shame and mm-hmm. then be like, you know what? It's so uncomfortable <laughs> that I really don't want to hear anymore. Yeah. You know, and it's mm-hmm. interesting because when we say the word shame, people are even afraid of that because. Yeah. I have a lot of clients. I'll say, yeah. Oh, this sounds like you're experiencing shame. And they're like, no, no, mm. this isn't shame. Mm. No, I feel guilt. I, I mean, I feel guilty, but I don't feel shame. Okay. Wow. And then as you talk a little bit yeah. more, then this tears start coming and they're like, yeah, mm. I do. I do feel shame because it's owning that. I feel broken. Yeah. I feel broken. And none of us want to feel broken. No, no. Right? Like, uh, guilt I can fix. Right. Shame. <laughs> it's me. That's, that's me. Like, yeah. That's, I'm that's flawed. We, I'm mm-hmm. beyond repair. Yep. And that is a lie. It is. By the way. So. It's absolutely a lie. <laughs> it is a lie. And, um, the, and I think this reaching out reinforces <clears throat> a basic human need for connection. Yes. Right. Because that's mm-hmm. one of our basic human needs for survival. Yes. And well-being. Mm-hmm. So if I don't feel like I can reach out to you and, and you're not safe or that there's this whole negative, you, know, you know what it kind of reminds me of I, when I was thinking about it. Remember that old song, mm-hmm. I need you to survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need you. You need me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I need you to survive. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, I used to not like that song. <laughs> it just sounded so, I'll just be honest, it just sounded so weird, you know. It is his will that every need be supplied. And, and it's just kind of like, you are important to me mm-hmm. and I need you to survive. But as I that, that song popped into my mind as I was looking at this and I just thought, do we in America really believe that we need each other to survive? That's not the Western culture way. No, I don't need to reach out and ask for your help. Mm -mm. I got this. I got this. I hear it every day from life. I got this. 
You know, I like coming here means that I'm weak or brave. No, I'm sorry, that I'm weak and I'm insecure mm-hmm. and I have vulnerabilities and yeah. <laughs> Wait, so I think it starts with that, right? Do yeah. we really believe that we need other people mm-hmm. to help us heal? And I would say yes. Yes, we do. We were designed that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I tell clients that I take a more faith-based approach. It's like, you know, we are created in the Father's image. And understand our Father's image is threefold, right? Yeah. He himself is a relationship, Yes. right? And so and if we're created in that image, um, I don't know about you, but I take that yeah. To mean that if he's a relationship, yeah, then that's the expectation that he has for us that we're in relationship. Yes. Um and he said it, I mean, after he created Adam. Mm-hmm. It's, not it's not good, good for, for man, man to, to be, be alone. alone. And woman, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good for humanity. Yes. For people to walk um, alone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I want to ask you, when it comes to reaching out, right? We mm-hmm. need to know who we can reach out to. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know different people we can reach out to. So when you consider um, some of the issues that we may be facing, right? Mm -hmm. How would you encourage people to look into their network Mm -hmm. and get the support that they need? Um, For example, just to give some more context, you know, Brene mentions in her book, some questions that you can ask when you consider who you're looking at in your network. So for example, Mm -hmm. who are the individuals and groups who form your connection network Mm -hmm. and who reaches out to you for empathy and support? So if you were going to encourage a client, a sister Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. Hey, listen, you got to reach out. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give them concerning the right people Mm -hmm. who they need to reach out to? Yeah. I mean, definitely you want to look at, you know, I have a pretty large social group. And so over time, you kind of learn like the friends you can talk about certain things with. Right. Right. You kind of know about how they react to stuff. Mm-hmm. Like some of my friends, I can do the ugly cry with. I can just be <laughs> really just ugly yep. and just raw. Yep. And they will sit there with me in it. And some of them, you can just tell by like the terror on their face. <laughs> because yeah, because not everyone can handle They don't, they don't know what stuff. to do, right? Right. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, because... I, I tend to be the one in my friend group that kind of has it together, which is totally a joke. I don't have it together. But they think that <laughs> which I Which of us do? Which of us do? Let's be <laughs> real. They think that, they, they <laughs> think that I do. We all trying to figure it out. I got them all fooled. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so when I'm falling apart, it's like, okay, if the captain of the ship's falling yeah. apart, oh my gosh, we're going down. Right, right. And so I think it's more about, you know, that like, oh wait, you're the one that's supposed to have it all together and you don't yes. have this figured out? Right. Oh no. Right. Um, and so, you know, and just recognizing that, that it's, you know, and letting and releasing them from that. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, really looking at your circle and going, okay, you know, when I hear them, you know, talk about other people that have come to them and they're struggling, like, how do they talk about that? Mm -hmm. How do they, and how are, are they vulnerable with me? Are they telling me, Mm -hmm. you know, things that they're struggling with, you know, is there rest, is there reciprocity in that relationship? Um, you know, are they gossiping about other people and right. with their struggles? Right. Are they trustworthy yeah, people? You know, are they mm-hmm. trustworthy? And are they people who will give you wisdom? Yeah, right? I was about to say, like, <laughs> and wisdom. And, you know, and do they make wise decisions? Yes. And not just they know wise stuff, because there are people that know stuff, but then their life is a mess. Right? This is and true. So, <laughs> and so it's like, and, 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 and now hear me say this, my life is not perfect. So anyway, <laughs> right. Um, but, but. But you can see movements in the wise direction, yeah. right? And so I'm not saying you're looking for the perfect friend that never messes up, but when they do make those mistakes, they correct them in a wise way. Yeah. And so you are going to someone that you know is going to be trustworthy and that they are going to allow you to have your emotions and validate those emotions. Mm-hmm. And they are going to 
encourage you mm-hmm. and be uplifting mm-hmm. and they're going to give you wise counsel. I know that's a tall order. <laughs> that's a, it's, it's but big they're order. out there. But they're out there. I have they're them. out there. I have them. Um, and if you don't have them, well, then that's when, you know, maybe looking into getting a counselor. Yeah. Yeah. And then working with the counselor and helping you kind of understand, you know, your needs and your insecurities better. So then it is easier to identify those people because yeah. then we're so anxious and insecure about ourselves, our anxiety and worry about who we are gets yeah. in the way of us identifying people. That's true. There might be people out there, but we're not seeing them mm-hmm. because we're seeing them through our anxious mind. I don't know if that makes sense. And I, and I think sometimes we wait for those mm. people to come to us right. and, and think somehow in our distorted minds that they should know, they should just know where we're at when the reality is. Like scripture says, you have not because you ask not. Mm -hmm. How am I going to know what your need is that you need someone, right? Mm -hmm. To be in your corner to support you, right? And I think, you know, just just to kind of rephrase what you were saying is that you need to know, Mm -hmm. is is this someone who's going to trivialize my feelings? Am Mm -hmm. I going to feel worse? Mm -hmm. What do I see them doing to other people? Right. Right. As an indicator of that. Because if you are creating shame, you, you shame talk other people, mm-hmm. you know, then I know that you're not a safe person, but I think it's really important for us. I think sometimes when we're hurting and we're in pain, we're in shame, we expect things to fall into our, well, no one's reaching out to me, you know, and well, you know what, sometimes we got to own that mm-hmm. and ask for the help that we need. And so yeah. speaking of that, I, I, before I jump to that thought, I want to make <clears> sure <throat> that you covered and shared and elaborated um, on the type of people that you think that we need to... Um, I think so. Okay. Um, I do. I think it's just, you know, really looking around at your circle and, and really, you know, being mindful of, you know, how do they, how are they with other people and how do they talk about other people and how they interacted with me? Um, and how do they share their vulnerabilities? Yes. Cause it's so much easier to talk to somebody if they're real with you Yeah. and they can recognize themselves like, man, this is something I'm working on and I'm not really sure how to do mm-hmm, it, but I'm mm-hmm. all figured out. I don't know mm-hmm, what to do it right now. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to talk to that person. Absolutely. Um, Cause you know that they'll let you be real and be in that space too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> the most important thing we can do is, you know, even be, you know, cause we talk about this whole twofold reaching out, right? Me reaching out to you when I see that you're in shame and then me reaching out when I feel like I'm in shame. And so I think when we reach out from the aspect of, I see you're in shame and I mm-hmm. want to reach out to you is really, have I demonstrated that mm-hmm. I'm a safe person? Yeah. Historically mm-hmm. in my character, right? Mm-hmm. And really, am I, and then am I willing to really empathize with you and feel what you're feeling mm-hmm. and have the courage and the compassion to sit with you in that? And yeah. identify to the point where I'm feeling so much of what you're feeling, right? That mm-hmm. that takes a... That takes a lot. It does take a lot. Uh-huh. And, and it takes releasing this idea that I've got to fix the other person. Yes. That I've got to make it better. Yes. Um, and I think we kind of live in this society where we're problem solvers and we got to fix it. And we got to make That's it true. better and That's move true. on. And, and I can tell you as a psychologist, I get this from people, you know, when I have bad days and I get frustrated or I start crying over something and people kind of look at me like, but you're a psychologist, you're supposed to have it together. Mm. I'm like, I'm a human being. I'm not a robot. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and, mm. and knowing that it's okay to have those feelings. We don't, yes. we have days where things just, we have seasons that things, things right. just don't go That's right. well. Yeah. And having people that will allow you to be human yes. and not like hold you to the standard of, Oh no, you've always got it. Cause that's just right. not real. You should. It's just not yeah. real. Mm-hmm. And, and I, under, and, and I get it. I think sometimes they need that 
for themselves to yeah. feel more secure. It's like, but I can't be that for you. Like, I need to be me. Yeah. Like, I can't be your, like, I need to be me. And me right now is, I feel like my world is a hot mess. And I need a gallon of ice cream. Oh, listen. I have been, and you know what? And, what? and what I love what you're saying, too, is I think sometimes people have that misconception about people of faith. Mm-hmm. You're supposed yes. to have it all together. together. You got Jesus. He's all you need. You got every. You got scriptures. Mm-hmm. You know the word. You've been raised in the church. You serve in the church. You serve mm-hmm. on staff in the church. And there are these expectations that you are free. We are all part of the human experience. Even mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. when he hung on that cross, he said, "Father, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if it be your will, take this cup <laughs> off of yes. me, away from me." Yes. And he's saying, "Man, this this is hurting really yeah. bad." But nevertheless, so we see in that moment. His humanity, mm-hmm. the son of God, perfect in every single way, who uh, who mm-hmm. sinned not, yes. still in his humanity said, this is, this is real. Yes. This is heavy. This is, and felt forsaken. Like, why yes. have you forsaken? Yes. Like, so he, he's been in it. So you can have the strongest faith. Yes. And it's, and part of the human experience, right? Yeah, it's a human experience. Part of being a part of of being born into a (laughs) sinful world. Mm -hmm. Okay. So just to kind of close up that thought and move into the fourth element, which is speaking shame, just really want to say, you know, reaching out is about you when recognizing when you're in shame, you can't reach out if you don't recognize when you're in it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you don't understand your triggers. Yeah. But even if you don't understand, still find those trustworthy people, people who are empathic, who are trustworthy, who are not, who are non-judgmental, who are willing to listen and sit with you with courage and compassion and walk alongside of you, not to fix you. But just Mm-mm. to say, you know what? You're not alone mm-hmm. and me too. So that's reaching out and even sharing our story. That's the other aspect yeah. of that, you know, and that's that whole me too component, right? But you got to be careful with that. I will just say this. Yeah. Sometimes in our effort to support people, we start over-identifying with our own story and then yeah. we end up making it about us. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. Over-identifying. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, me too. I remember this time. So it's yeah. just like, be careful when yeah. you see someone in shame and you're sitting with them and you share your story, you have to have discernment and wisdom to know how much to share in that moment because you don't want to make it about you mm-hmm. in that moment. You want them to know, I see you, I feel mm-hmm. you, I've been there, me too, but don't make it about you. Okay, y'all, y'all get that, check that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing I want to talk about in the remaining time that we have today for you know for the next maybe five to seven minutes is really talk about this fourth element, which is speaking shame. And what that is, is twofold. It is expressing how we feel and asking for what we need. Now, Brene talks about some very specific things. And again, we come back to this whole vulnerability component Mm -hmm. of in order to acknowledge what we feel, that's not easy for a lot of us Mm -hmm. to say, I feel confused. I feel afraid. Mm -hmm. And so what advice, Dr. Tracy, or thoughts mm-hmm. come to your mind, or maybe there's some barriers to that, you know, mm-hmm. how do you over, what are the barriers and how do we overcome expressing how we really feel, feel what's going on inside of us? I think sometimes there's shame around our feelings. When mm-hmm. we grow up in a home where true. you better preach, you're not allowed to feel certain emotions. Yes. Or like I said, like you can have a career where people mm-hmm. say you're not allowed to have certain emotions. Right, right. And so you do kind of distance yourself you know, from what you're feeling, like, oh, these are bad. But again, we're human beings. Mm-hmm. We all have emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, they're okay, but it's what we do with them that matters, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. The whole gamut, even anger. We always don't oh, be angry. It's like, no, no, the Bible's very clear. Don't sin in your anger. It doesn't say don't be angry. Yeah. It just says don't sin when you're angry. Um, and so, I mean, 
I, I work with clients about this a lot. Um, there are tons of free apps you can get for your phone. You can go to YouTube yeah. and just learn how to be mindful and mm-hmm. meditate. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of joke with clients, like, if you want to sit cross-legged and say, um, that's great. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only way that you can meditate. Um, the idea of, like, the mindfulness and the meditation is to become more aware of what's actually mm-hmm. going on in mm-hmm. your body and mm-hmm. what's going on in your mind. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't know what I'm feeling... And recognize that sometimes my feelings can be wrong Mm -hmm. because I can tell myself I feel broken, Mm -hmm. but I'm Mm -hmm. not broken. Mm -hmm. Um, But recognize that sometimes those feelings are there because it speaks to a greater need. There's some need that I have that's not being met. And if I can't sit with that Mm -hmm. and own that, then I can't tell Mm -hmm. my friend I'm really feeling unsafe right now. Mm -hmm. I need something to help me feel safe. I'm feeling really confused about what's going on in my life right now. I need... You know, I need to make some, something needs to change. So I don't, I feel less confused. I don't know what that is, but if I can't own that feeling, I can't tell people and then I can't start to take steps to get that need met. And so it's not just about the feeling. There's a need attached to that feeling. And if I don't have the feeling, if I don't understand it, if I won't sit with it, I can't tell people, I can't start acting and I can't meet the need. And then I'm just going to be sitting in my distress and guilt and shame and right. Eating ice cream and yeah, watching <laughs> right. living and yeah, <laughs> living in desolation. You yes. know, and I, so I, that's not how it's meant to be. Yeah, um, I mean, we have to feel those feelings. It's okay. So you're hearing this from me. Mm-hmm. This is like a verbal prescription from the mm, doctor. Okay, <laughs> prescribe away. <laughs> you are allowed to feel what you feel. Yeah, and to label it and identify the need that is hooked to that feeling. I remember reading something that said feelings are data and mm-hmm. they're messages. You know, God yes. created us with, with feelings and feelings are not. Now, some people may disagree with this. They're not positive or negative, mm-hmm. good or bad. They are just there. there. They're yes. data and they are telling us something yes. about our thoughts, mm-hmm. our perceptions, our attitudes and our beliefs. And, you know, but here, you know, one of the barriers, I think, to acknowledging and saying, expressing how we feel is us not even recognizing what we mm-hmm. feel, right? So this is a part of emotional intelligence. Yeah. So we are sometimes not in touch with really what is this feeling? Like for me, who's I think pretty aware of what I feel, sometimes I have to step back and say, what am, what I, am I really feeling? And then mm-hmm. what am I really thinking yes. that could actually so be, be causing, causing that, feeling that feeling or perpetuating that feeling? Right. So I just want to encourage you all who are listening, you know, to really practice working on being being, emotionally self-aware right right Mm -hmm. and that's why i was saying you know like the mindfulness and the meditation but also this is something i always talk with clients about too you can have multiple feelings absolutely and they can be conflicting yep um and i think a lot of times we'll be in a situation that we know is amazing but there's a part of us that's not in alignment with that yeah right there's like this this anxiety or this overwhelming and it's like what is that it's like i'm really i'm really happy right now i have joy but there's this other thing Mm -hmm. and we start to Mm -hmm. feel bad about that Mm -hmm. and try and cover it up again it's a symptom yeah right and we can have i mean i've had lots of times in my life when i've been happy but also freaking out too yeah yeah, right i'm really excited but also really scared Mm -hmm. so you don't have to choose i always talk to my clients about like a garden yeah in a garden you have the garden and you have weeds Mm. you have both and there are some plants Mm -hmm. they need the weeds for the roots to take 
cold. Mm-hmm. And so if you go in there and you start yanking up the weeds, mm. you're going to kill off your garden. You have to recognize them. Yeah. You have to keep, you know, both balance. But sometimes we just think, no, I can only feel one thing. And it's like, no, we're complex. Mm. Yes, we are. Um, we really are. And it's okay. Um, and if you, and even with the meditation and the mindfulness, if you still don't get it, go to counseling. Yeah. Go to counseling. Yeah. And you're like, well, I can't afford counseling. Man, most communities have sliding scale mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of a community mm-hmm. um, counseling. They have something, um, you know, or shucks, you know, get online and get something, get to a support group yeah. online or something. There's yeah. ways to start to become more emotionally aware. Um, yes. Cause we need that. That we do because really we're not, like you said, it's connected to our need, right? If mm-hmm. no one knows, they can't read our minds. They don't no. know what we're experiencing. Some of us are so good at shielding, covering, mm-hmm. hiding, withdrawing, isolating, separating all those things that we've already talked about that we really need to just be open and be honest and be vulnerable and be authentic and be aware. <laughs> like we need to know what we are, um, experiencing. I like how she talked in a book about asking for what we need. And you touched on this already, but I think sometimes that again also requires emotional self-awareness because, okay, I'm, I'm feeling this. I need to communicate this, but then how can you help me? How can I help you if I don't know what your need is? And so we have to really think about, you can help me, Dr. Tracy, and this is what I need from you. I need you to be supportive. I need you to be a listener. I need you to be comfortable with what I'm about to share with you, or I need mm-hmm. you to be sensitive. I need you to be honest. Um, and I know that sometimes there are barriers to us expressing what we need and what, and how, so how would you encourage someone who maybe their family of origin, their culture, what they've learned says, you don't talk about it. Yeah. You don't say what you, you, you get the need met yourself. You know, mm-hmm. that you really don't need this idea that you don't need anybody else to help you mm-hmm. pull yourself up from your own bootstraps, you know, or whatever. So what do you say to that person who's really struggling with, okay, you know what? Yeah. Erotica and Dr. Trace, I hear what you're saying. Um, I understand my triggers. I know when I'm in shame. I know what I'm feeling. I can articulate that, but I'm really having a hard time asking for what I need. What Mm -hmm. do I do? Well, (laughs) (laughs) what I'm going to say, and I'm saying this out of love, but when my clients come in and they have the struggle and I'll just tell them, I mean, I'll just be raw with them and say, how you've been doing it. How's that working out for you? Mm -hmm. How's it working out for you? Mm Mm-hmm. It's not working out, right? And so it's time to change things up. It's It's time to change things up. You know, the definition of insanity is continue to do the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different outcome. Mm -hmm. It ain't going to happen. And if you want it better, then you're going to have to find somebody that's going to help you get it better. Yeah. Which means you're going to have to open your mouth Mm -hmm. and go tell someone that you're I don't know what it is. You can say, I don't know what it is I'm needing. It's like, but I can't do that. My family says I can't do that. I can't do that. You know, and we were talking beforehand about, you know, sometimes our families, they have these rules, not sometimes, every family has rules, spoken and unspoken. And we grow up with these rules without even realizing we're being kind of led by them and we're seeing our world through them. And at a certain time you have to sit back and go, how is that rule impacting my life? Is it keeping me from, from achieving things, from you know, feeling fulfilled and from growing um, and really feeling loved and purposeful? And if that's the case, that is not a healthy rule. It is a toxic rule. You, we are designed to flourish and thrive. And at a certain point, it doesn't mean you have to stop talking to your family. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to stop talking to people, but you have to say, okay, 
I'm going to try and create a different rule mm-hmm. that will allow me to be healthier. That's good. And so I'm going to take a step and it can be a small step. It can be looking online for something. It can be, like I said, it can be connecting to people um, through the internet and then like gradually moving towards, you know, talking to a person face to face, but finding some way to kind of shift that rule and identify this isn't healthy for me. I need to start making yeah. a shift here. And so. I know that as people are listening to you, they're like, okay, Dr. Tracy, I did that. You know what I'm saying? But, um, when I reached out, when I shared what I felt, when I asked for what I needed, man, I got burnt. I felt more shame. I got rejected. I felt judged. I felt criticized. I felt condemned. What do you say to that person? Well, I'm sad um, that you have that experience. And I've had that experience before. And oftentimes people do things without even realize what they're doing Mm -hmm. and say, okay, that was my experience with this person. You know, kind of like how we kind of before we're talking about, you know, things to look for if the person's safe or not. Yes. Um, you know, go back to the drawing board where all those things identified in that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there was something that wasn't quite on that checklist. And I went ahead anyway. And it's like, okay, let me make sure I stick closer to that checklist of mm-hmm. who's trustworthy. It's good. Um, and do it again. Cause not everybody's bad. Not mm-hmm. everybody's going to make you feel horrible and shameful and the devil wants you to believe that that's right right like that's if right. he can isolate you then yep. he can destroy you keep you quiet and um and saying okay not everybody is like this and there's somebody out there that i know will understand this experience yeah um and i think we've all maybe have chosen to be vulnerable and open mm-hmm. and had some of those experiences mm-hmm. i'm sure a lot of you listeners could say yep i've done that and i've been hurt and i just want to encourage you you know dr trace and i were talking i think before we started recording we were saying you know what the reality is we need to take on the attitude and the mind and a posture of christ who mm-hmm. is able to say when i am in shame when i've been hurt when i've been rejected and humiliated and despised and judged to be able to say father forgive them mm-hmm. for they, they know, know not what, what they, they do, do. You know, and I'm not saying that's easy, but not everyone is going to hit the mark. And I think mm-hmm. we we have to understand that everyone is somewhere developmentally as well. Mm-hmm. And they may not be ready to hear that. And, yeah. and Brene talks about recognizing shame talk. Mm-hmm. You know, when we see this in other people, and that can be an indicator how we talked earlier about which people should you reach out to. Recognize it. When you hear people saying things like, you're insens- you're so sensitive. I didn't realize you were so fragile. You're so defensive. I need to watch what I say around you. It's all in your head. That is shame language. It does not mm-hmm. create a safe place. And so mm-hmm. you can add those to your tool belt too yeah. when you when you consider who you need to reach out to. So mm-hmm. I think we, I don't know if we said this yet, but you know, something we talked about maybe before we have said it, but um, oftentimes when you leave those conversations where you're trying to get support and, the, and you leave feeling like you were shamed in that effort, what you're facing is that person's shame. Yes. And they projected. have an insecurity they have shame in that area and it triggers their stuff. And instead of owning it in the moment, right. they are like, uh-uh, this is all you. This is, mm-mm. you know, and, that's, you. and that happens so much when we encounter people that are shaming us. It's, it's their area of insecurity. Yeah. And they have created their own shame system around it. Right. And... It gets dumped. And that's, and people don't know sometimes. They that's really true. Don't know. They're not aware. That's why it's so important. We're talking about awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> know. which yeah. bring, brings me to, you know, as we wrap up this episode is, is really, you know, when it comes to shame resilience, obviously knowing that God 
is the ultimate source of our healing. He has died to wash away all of our shame. Um, and then he's also created us for connection and community, you know, and to receive empathy and give empathy. And so I just want to say, you know, number one, recognize when you're in shame, understand what your triggers are. Practice critical awareness. Know why you're feeling that way. Know what identities, what expectations others have of you, and what your expectations are. And so, and learn how to process them. Thirdly, learn how to reach out, mm-hmm. share your story, and then also not just reach out for you when you're in shame, but reach out to others when you see that they're in shame and provide that support and encouragement and empathy that they need and be courageous and, and mm-hmm. sit with them in that. And lastly, speaking shame. And that's really being able to, what am I about to say here? Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> speaking shame. <laughs> Let me go back. And then the last one is, The last one is speaking shame. And that's really asking for what you need and expressing how you feel. Mm -hmm. And so again, requires emotional intelligence for Mm -hmm. you to have the language for you to have vulnerability and openness to be able to say, this is what I'm feeling. And this is what I need from you. And I tell you what, if you can practice these four things, Mm -hmm. you will become more shame resilient. It's not about how can I avoid shame? Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and most nine times out of 10, right? We want to give people the benefit of the doubt unintentionally. Yes. The question is, what am I going to do when I'm in shame? And so mm-hmm. I hope this framework encouraged you. Um, I hope mm-hmm. that you will share this knowledge with someone else, right? Don't just keep it to yourself. When you get something good <laughs> and, and it's going to help you, be yes. sure to share it with others around you. And so with that, I'm going to end and and turn it over to Dr. Tracy. She has any last closing thoughts. If you were going to say, Dr. Tracy, one big idea, if they did not catch anything out of either one of these episodes, what would you say to them about becoming more shame resilient? Okay. Get out your paper and pencil. This is (laughs) going to be a serious deep thought. Are you ready? I'm ready. You are not alone. Mm. That's good. So friends, that's the word for today. (laughs) (laughs) You are not alone. God sees you. God knows he's with you. He promised Mm -hmm. to never leave you or forsake you. And you've Mm -hmm. got some sisters over here, right? You've got some sisters (laughs) that are around you that want you to know you're not alone, but you got to get that courage. Ask the Lord to help you Mm -hmm. to speak up and reach out and get the help that you need and trust that the Lord is going to send those people into your life. Who's going to walk with you on your journey to healing and freedom. So If this message encouraged you, if it blessed you, if it gave you some tools for your tool belt, I would love to hear from you. Please send me a message, drop me an email. Let me know if you got any questions for Dr. Tracy. She is here as a servant to help you, to support you. We are both here committed to your health, to your well-being, and to your success and your relationships and walk with the Lord. And so we would love to hear from you. Drop me a line, let me know what you think. And listen, y'all, share this episode, okay? Let's get some people free (laughs) because when the sun sets free, it's free indeed. It's free indeed. (laughs) Take care, y'all. Peace out and talk to you next time.